Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Appraisal Buzzcast. I'm Jim Morrison. Today, we have Joan Trice, founder and CEO of Altera Group, and Jared Matzenbecker, Director of Wealth Services at Gulfside Wealth. Today, we're going to be discussing financial planning. And, you know, we see on our social media all the time from appraisers, I'm out of this business in one or two years. So we thought we would give you somebody to talk to about that. What are you going to do when you actually retire? Joan, I'll hand it over to you. Well, welcome, Jared. And and maybe more importantly, what are you going to do in advance of those last two years when you decide you're checking out of the appraisal profession? So what should appraisers be doing, Jared? Joan, thanks for having me today. I suppose there are several things that appraisers or, or any business owner or professional should be doing. Number one is planning as far ahead as they can, right? And if you're within one or two years of retiring or trying to exit your business, it's a lot different than if you're one or two decades out. But by planning ahead as far in advance as you can, it allows you to prepare in a couple of different ways. One would be uh, establishing that retirement investment account or savings account to sock away as much money as you can. And there are a lot of different ways someone can do that, especially if they're self-employed. The other would be to think about business continuity or an exit plan, whether it's sale of a business or bringing in a successor to come in and run the business for you while you kind of take a back seat. Well, Jared, let me do this because I, I should have asked you right out of the gate about your credentials because they're impressive. And just by the way, for the folks in the audience, I actually am now banking at Gulfside Bank, which is how I know Jared. So he's my local connection here in in Sarasota, but you have some impressive credentials. So explain to our audience what all those uh, acronyms mean behind your name. Sure. Thank you, Joan. Uh, First CFP, which is usually a designation a lot of people are familiar with, is Certified Financial Planner. And that is what I would call now kind of the ticket to entry or entry level knowledge around financial planning. It involves retirement planning, insurance planning, tax planning, basic estate planning, and education planning. The second chartered market technician is a designation granted by the Investments and Wealth Institute, where I studied at Yale School of Business. And that is economic analysis, securities analysis, and the ability to research individual investments as well as portfolios to make sure that they're optimized given current market and economic conditions. And there's never been a time where that's more important than now, given all the moving parts we see around us. And lastly, CPWA is Certified Private Wealth Advisor. And that designation is one that is an advanced degree or designation, if you will, to the CFP. So as I mentioned, if a CFP is kind of the ticket to entry or a bachelor's degree, if you will, in financial planning, CPWA is more like a doctorate degree. It is the advanced planning techniques for individuals, particularly those with a million or more investable net worth or assets. And that really focuses on how do we minimize or optimize your tax situation? How do we maximize your business valuation, especially for someone who's focused on an exit plan or trying to get out of that business in the next couple of years? And the most important part is estate preservation, because we all know tax rates are going up and there's constant discussion of, can we raise the estate tax? Can we raise income tax rates? Well, 
whether or not Congress chooses to do that, we know eventually it has to happen just to fund deficits and the massive programs we have. So putting a plan in place now to help minimize the impact of those taxes and be able to preserve your estate and pass as much as possible on to future generations is extremely important. And that's where CPWA comes in, is looking at the plans to make sure people are able to keep everything or as much as they've made as possible. Well, I'm convinced I'm talking to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Those are impressive credentials. Let's do this, Jared. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Thanks, Joan. Our first sponsor today is Incenter. Remote Valve Desktop is here. With added floor plan and measurement functionalities, desktop appraisals have never been faster, easier, or more trustworthy. Remote Valve keeps you in control of your appraisal while gathering accurate information, photos, and measurements all through the homeowner's smartphone. There's also a live recording function enabling you to record the inspection and revisit the home whenever you want to. And Center pays you your same full fee for remote valve inspections. Remote valve is fast, easy to use, and completely free for appraisers. To see a demo of remote valve in action, visit incenteram.com. Welcome back, everybody. So, Jared, let's say hypothetically I'm in my late 40s, early 50s. And I haven't done anything to plan for retirement. And I'm embarrassed. So is there ever a time that's too late? And coupled with that, is there a minimum that they need to have in the bank to come talk to you? Uh, Fantastic question, Joan. To answer the first part of that question, there is never a time it's too late. Even if it's the day before you plan to retire, (laughs) you can at least do something. Um, But if you're in your mid 40s or your 50s, you should have plenty of time to get a plan started and take the steps necessary. It might include or involve a little bit of a lifestyle adjustment to make sure you can do what's necessary. But no, I would say, you know, the day that's too late is tomorrow because you should definitely start today if you haven't already. And to answer the second part of your question, there's not necessarily a minimum that's needed from a dollar amount. What my minimum ask of new clients or potential clients is, is that you're engaged in the process and that you're going to take it seriously. Because the bare minimum is you be open to the advice, you be open to the ideas, because a lot of them might seem radical or they might seem out of what you're used to doing if you haven't ever sat down with a financial planner and you haven't actually critically thought about what it takes to reach your goal in retirement and the lifestyle that you want to live. But if someone will sit down and listen with an open mind and then implement the plan once they agree to it, that's the minimum I ask. It's not a dollar amount. It's a commitment level. Excellent. Excellent. Let's take another quick break and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you with help from the Appraisal Institute. The Dictionary of Real Estate Appraisal 7th Edition is a landmark text that reflects the depth and breadth of appraisal knowledge. Each entry, definition, and reference has been painstakingly researched and designed to reflect an expert understanding of issues that currently impact the profession. The new dictionary is an essential authoritative resource for all appraisers. To purchase, visit appraisalinstitute.org slash dictionary seven. Welcome back, everybody. Jared, let's talk about that exit plan you alluded to at the opening. A lot of almost all the appraisal community 
are independent contractors. They have their own firm or their sole proprietors. And they're very hesitant in their sunset years on taking on trainees. I see that, however, as a real opportunity to transfer your business and sell it so that that certainly boosts your retirement nest egg. What are your thoughts on that? And I think you have some personal (laughs) stories to share on that. Yes. Uh, First, I would agree with you completely, Joan. I think bringing in a junior partner, if you will, or a trainee who can learn the ropes, and especially if you want them to take over your business, learn it the way you have done it and learn from the years of experience that that particular individual has is a phenomenal way to go instead of handing it off to a stranger and hoping that it's run the way you've run it, that your clients and customers are taken care of, or even worse, just locking the door and walking away. And you alluded to it, and we were talking about it earlier. I do have a very, very good friend of mine. We've known each other our entire lives, who is a property appraiser. He's now up in the central Florida area, but he's originally from Venice like I am. And his father is an appraiser and has been in the Venice area his entire career. So 30, 40 years. And when we came out of college, my friend went to work for his father. They worked together for a couple of years and it just didn't work out, right? Little too much family time, we'll say. And so they they parted ways. And now my friend's father is in Venice in the twilight of his career. And his plan is to, when he's done, lock the door, walk away, and that'll be the end of his business. He hasn't brought in somebody to continue running it afterwards. And he doesn't have a sale or exit plan, which is really unfortunate because phenomenal guy with a fantastic business and a lot of great relationships that he's built over that multi-decade career. And they're all going to evaporate when he locks that door for the final time. So having some sort of exit plan, bringing in a new trainee or a junior partner is a great way to do it. Or at the very least, as I'm sure is the case with most of these appraisers in the industry, they have connections. They know other appraisers. They know people in the community where they can have a conversation about a sale of the business. And whether that's phased out over the last, over the last couple of years or even over a longer period by merging the two businesses, that is something that we have conversations with. We have a lot of business owner, small business owner clients. And we talk about that continuation and exit plan all through the planning process, all through our relationship to help guide them, whether it's an outright buy-sell, whether it's a key man policy to buy a partner out. And even more now, we're talking about deferred sales trusts as a way for business owners to be able to exit the business either immediately or over time and defer the taxes on the sale of that business. So there are a lot of planning strategies that can be undertaken. That's fascinating. Well, I look forward to sitting down with you and talking about my exit plan, which hopefully isn't too far away. Don't mean to scare you there, Jim. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. And um, we really appreciate it. If anybody wanted to reach out to you personally, Jared, how would they reach you? You can find all of my contact information on our website, which is www.gulfsidewealth.com. Or I can be reached by phone at 727-417-0308. Fantastic. Well, thank you.
All right, Joan, thank you. Thanks so much, Jared and Joan. I know this was a really enlightening discussion for our listeners. Hopefully they'll reach out to you or reach out to someone local that they can you know, start putting their plans in place. Thanks to our listeners and thanks to our sponsors for helping us put these together. If you have any comments or would like to be interviewed in a future Buzzcast, reach out to us at comments at appraisalbuzz.com. Thanks and have a great day.